walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring. Boy, we got it. First of all, look. Get on in here. This can be your uh, your sanctuary, your uh, your bunker from all the Vince McMahon news. I get it. Yeah, we we all heard about him. How he was, you know, fucking watermelons or whatever. I didn't really read into it. I kind of saw a few headlines. Well, we all know about it. But look, we're tired of hearing it. Get on in here. Come on. They get in the time capsule. Get in the time casting couch. Hop on. Take your clothes off suck my toes and let's talk about some progress wrestling progress wrestling chapter 21 we got a doozy for you guys today this is a good show really good show um as really our most progress shows in this time period it's a new era for uh progress wrestling as uh we got See, if you're if you're you know listening in audio land and not on YouTube, uh, I mean that's fine, but you're missing out. Holy shit! On some cat asshole, sixteen pounds of cat asshole. Um, like it's not it's not all. Of, I mean, he's a sixteen pound cat. Uh, it's probably not all in his asshole, but um. I guess it's kind of in the middle, so you can kind of consider that. By the way, I got a new camera. I'm still playing around with the settings. Am I fucking pale as shit, or is my brightness too high? It's it's the middle of the goddamn summer. I'm a quarter Filipino, and I look like goddamn Seamus with this camera. I don't know what's going on, so if any of you video uh, cucks know anything about that, uh, shoot me a jingle, and we'll, we'll figure this out. Uh, the camera's also better quality, so you can see all the, the cat hair on my black t-shirt. Uh, from my white cat. Really good move, Kyle. Really good instincts on the clothing you wear for the podcast. No lint roller. I have an asshole. Um, speaking of lint rollers, they were used in a, a street fight on this show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think there might have been actually a lint roller or two. There were fucking staples to the gooch. So there's really nothing off the table. Um, some tables in that match too but anyways yeah progress chapter 21 it's a new era of progress the uh the king is dead as they say jimmy havoc has uh lost the progress title lost it at chapter 20 to mr will osprey the aerial assassin aka uh what does he call himself now the uh 
the fucking uh, I'm a cunt. Well, Osprey. I don't know what I don't know what his nickname is now. Um, but <laughs> he's uh, defending the progress to the new champion, Will Ospreay, defending the title against Mark Haskins, which is uh, if you're not too familiar with Mark Haskins, I strongly suggest you go seek him. I believe he's in uh, OTT. I think he's the OTT champion at this point. And uh, with Ring of Honor making a resurgence, I know Haskins had a little run in Ring of Honor. Maybe we'll see him pop up sometime in the future uh, or a WWE, of course, we'll see. Uh, but Haskins is a guy that I and I kind of talk about this in the podcast, but he's a guy that I never really uh, knew a lot about. I'd always I'd always heard the name, but didn't really know who he was. But he's a guy that I've become a quick fan of uh, and rewatching all these progress shows. So was really looking forward to watching that match and it did not disappoint. Uh, and the other half of the coin, Jimmy Havoc, no longer champion, of course, wants his title back. Uh, but the, the trajectory that uh, Jimmy Havoc takes coming out of the show is not one I was expecting at all. So <laughs> it really caught me by surprise, but uh, I guess in a good way. But uh, yeah, crazy stuff there, like ridiculous, crazy stuff. So, so the world title scene is uh, it's pretty rambunctious at this point in time in uh, you know, September of 2015. And uh, we, got the sh- we got the tag team titles also on the line in this show. The uh, Sumerian Death Squad, the champions... Uh, taking on, you know what? I'll save it. It was an open challenge and, uh, a certain team that maybe lived in an era that was undisputed. Uh, okay. It's fucking Roger Strong and Adam Cole, uh, but yeah, tag team match straight out of NXT black and gold. And, uh, one of the best tag matches that I've seen from progress at this point. So lots to get into, uh, new members of the origin, a, uh, faction that's running amok is uh seeds are planted there uh chapter 21 probably most well known in, in hindsight uh for chris travis unfortunately this is uh chris travis's last match that he would ever have we'll get all into the details in the uh the podcast i don't want to be too redundant but it's uh, very sad very emotional but also um cool that he got this moment so a lot's pretty historical show with all that in mind so Lots to get into, and uh, had a good time getting into all of this with Big Daddy Dan from the Tea and Tights podcast. You can check out Tea and Tights uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and on YouTube as well. Follow them at Tea and Tights Pod on Twitter. All their socials, all their info in the description below. Really good group of guys over there, Dan and Andy. Uh, Andy was not able to uh, join on this episode because he was actually uh, doing some interviews for uh, another indie promotion in England. So he's actually uh, doing the wrestling uh, stuff out there, a man on the scene. Uh, so, uh, but I still had Big Daddy Dan here. I still had Danny Boy here to uh, have a good time talking about some old school progress. Had them on a previous episode, at least chapter 17 we covered. Uh, we'll definitely be recurring guests uh, talking about the progress of wrestling. Uh, their podcast, TN Tights, they talk about European wrestling, the indie scene over there. They get into a lot about NXT UK as well. And uh, of course, any other wrestling news that kind of expands upon the UK and Europe and all that stuff, they'll get into that as well. But they have a lot of unique content over there. Really, really entertaining to uh, listen and watch a couple handsome fellows over there. So go check them out. 
And uh, if you like this type, of, if you like this type of stuff, if you're into the European wrestling, maybe you're like, well, cocksucker, Mr. Hardest Part of the Ring. I uh, never really heard of progress, or maybe it's, it's been a while since I've seen progress. I sure would like to go back to the beginning and check out the uh, the journey that this company has taken. Well, I'll tell you. Go to apronbomb.com, go to the episodes tab at the top, select Progress Wrestling, and that'll bring you to all of the Progress Wrestling recaps that I've done thus far. I started from Chapter 1 and have covered every chapter up until now, Chapter 21. Uh, so join uh, join the journey with me. Why don't you hop on? Um, God, it is hot in here. Am I sweating? Why did I pick a, why did I pick a hot-ass summer to get a new camera? I feel like I got jism coming out of my pores. Uh, but go check that out um, if you like that kind of stuff. Yeah, let's do it, baby. Chapter 21, Progress Wrestling. Chapter 21 with myself and Dan from the TN Tights podcast. Okay, well, now we're good. Yeah. You see? I mean, is it a fluke? Okay. I just want to talk about the goddamn Stormtroopers. Is that, I know, is that so much awesome. to ask? <laughs> and so is the music they came out to. Oh, man. it's It's weird, like... I, is it just so obscure that nobody cares about copyright? Is it like the ECW thing from back in the day? I think nobody just gives a shit and they're getting away with it because <laughs> not only was there that, there was obviously um, Zach Gibson's music later on. Uh-huh. Uh, you mean Rip Fowler? My apologies, Rip Fowler. How dare you? I don't know who this Zach Gibson fella is. I'm familiar with Rip Fowler myself. Uh, Rip Fowler obviously is completely different because he has two separate colored eyes. Ah, oh, yes. I think he's Kane's son. If I, if I remember correctly. thought it might be a David Bowie reference to give him something British, but no, you're probably right. Yeah, no, that's actually very silly of you. It's uh, clearly Kane's son. So. My mistake. Yeah, very uh, very not geese of you, right? <laughs> totally huh? not geese of me. Well, let me crowbar that one in. What are you... Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, chapter 21. Did yeah. you, you said you got a chance to watch the show, right? I watched the show this morning. Me too. Me as well. Uh, thoughts? I'm, I'm assuming you've seen it. Have you seen it before? Um, I hadn't seen that show before. No, I hadn't catched up with 21. I had seen the main event before, um, uh-huh. which we will get onto later and was a little bit special. Um, Just a little bit. But no, I, I hadn't ca- caught up with the whole match. Um, it was good to see some of the wrestlers I love. It was a shame to see some of the wrestlers who we, we, we don't respect quite so much anymore. Um, mm. But my God, what a show it was. Yeah, yeah, a couple of naughty boys on this show, but uh, yeah, definitely a uh, a banger of a show. I think, I mean, to me, I feel like in hindsight, this show is probably the most significant because of Chris Travis. Would you agree? Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it, but being Chris Travis's last ever match, um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very sad thing, but it was done so well. Right. Yeah. It was a cool. It was cool that he got to have that moment, yeah. and. Um, Obviously, very sad, but we'll get into it. But yeah, very, very emotional, mm. emotional moment there. Um, but what was not emotional is how the show opened. So, uh, oh, it gave me all the feels. It made it made me feel something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, the whole little intro deal with Jim Smallman, as he always does. There's two stormtroopers ringside for whatever reason, and then uh, it yeah, cheers to that. And uh, Smallman and the Stormtroopers get in the ring. This is on a wrestling show, everybody. And uh, the Stormtroopers strip down and they unveil themselves as the geezers, Sebastian and Tom Irvin. You, f- you familiar with these fellas? 
Uh, Tom Irvin, yes. Sebastian, not so much. Yeah, Sebastian is, uh, I think at this point, he's in the Natural Progression series. I don't know what he would go on to do, but uh, at this point, they're both, you know, pretty they, they focal points here. They have gone on to do a vast amount since COVID. Um, I don't know if they've been mm. coming back since, but much like another tag team we'll be discussing later, that they haven't um, done a huge amount following COVID. Right. Is it uh, the London riots? It is indeed. Ah, yes. They, uh, yeah, a couple of things have gotten in their way of doing things, I suppose. For one of them, yes. Yeah. And this, actually the same for uh, both sides of this opening match. <laughs> so, so we got, uh, it's like the minefield, this card, I tell, I'm telling you. So, <laughs> Um, I will just say, though, that the music, yep. we, we mentioned how um, it's interesting that they do get away using a lot of copyright music, um, but that they did use the music so well and the crowd did really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have the London Riots, of course, the team of James Davis and Rob Lynch versus The Origin, the team of El Ligero and Nathan Cruz. Yeah. Nathan Cruz, he's, he's making a bit of a comeback recently, right? I think he's doing a little tour of America. He's done some dates in the States. He's been doing a lot in the UK. Um, he's got some good matches coming up soon in the UK as well. I think Andy's going to see him um, for progress um, fairly soon. Oh, that's cool. That he's, he's still around there. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys. I'm, I always wonder why he never popped up anywhere else because he seems like such a, such a good heel, I think. I think it have fitted him really well with the older Ring of Honor stuff. Um, I think he could have gone yeah. along with, um, with some of the guys we're going to see later on and done very well for himself. I have a question. So progress crowds, they're, they're known for their chance. They're very good at their chance. Uh, me, a stupid American, I don't really understand all of them. What, what were they chanting at Cruz here? It sounded like, like wank safe or wank something. Stain. Wank stain. Oh, yes. like, like semen. Yes. Like stiff sock. <laughs> The old stiff sock. I'm familiar. Um, although, like, how would you, how do you just go on and wear the sock afterwards? That's that's something I've never really understood. I, I believe washing is generally involved. Right, but you know it was there, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm aware you don't just do it and then, all right, time to go to work. <laughs> but anyways, so we got Legero and his shitty little horns out there. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they're doing the same... Uh, the shitty little boots deal, but with uh, Ligero's shitty little horns. And they are, uh, I, I don't know, I, mean, I, feel, I feel like as horns, as far as horns go, they're decent. As far as horns go, they're decent. Um, it, it's a traditional chant. It's currently being used for Lycos Gym in the current progress with shitty little wolves. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. It's, it's kind of their thing, I guess. It continues. Well, that makes me feel good. <laughs> Uh, so we got the riots coming out there in their eight, like APA inspired shirts, but it says RIP for uh, riots Riot insurance in policy. A oh, riot in progress. Is that what it is? Are you sure that's what I'm it is? Fairly sure it is. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Their insurance policy is obviously their large cricket bat that they have in the corner of the ring. Speaking of cricket, the cricket bat. This is a real note that I took on this match. Legero jerks off the cricket bat into the face of Rob Lynch. Thoughts? Yes. Um, a good use of props, um, <laughs> possibly, um, pointing out that progress is an over 18s show. Um, uh-huh. and, um, obviously having something hard and phallic is always fun to play with. Oh, f- yeah. So anyways, we got, <laughs> I have no response. 
you you just nailed it. Uh, but then we got the you know the, the London riot, the opening match. It was solid. I uh, got a, some fun double team stuff by the riots. You got a catapult into a spear, which looked yep. pretty nice. The slingshot back suplex by Nathan Cruz, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. Yes, yes. Um, you get the riots. Uh, Laguerre goes for a, like a flipping tope onto the outside, but the riots catch him and then hit the district line on the outside into like the third, fourth, and fifth row. Just onto all the chairs. That looked nasty. It, it's always dangerous to be in the front row of a progress show. Um, I Seems speak like from it. experience. <laughs> I got <laughs> landed on by Warren Banks a little while ago, and um, he's a big dude. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you preserved that sweat, and you will for, <laughs> for years to come. So honored. I bet you are. Well, uh, so the match is going on, and then we have Zach Gibson coming Liverpool's out. Liverpool's number one. With a fork and uh, hands the fork to Nathan Cruz. And uh, Cruz stabs both of the riots in the face with the fork and pins James Davis for the win. So the Origins get the win in this match and seemingly get a new member of the Origin. So uh, it was a solid little deal there, I guess, building up this faction. It's always good to have a decent sized faction. I think all factions should have a minimum of two singles and a tag. Um, so it's good to start building up the origin. And having Zach Gibson on there can only be a good thing because he is a phenomenal wrestler. Um, oh, yes. He's, he's a proper British hybrid. He can do a little bit of everything and do it all well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite wrestlers personally is Nigel McGuinness. And you can clearly see the, uh, the influence yeah. on Zach Gibson. So naturally, I'm drawn to him, and uh, we'll we'll see where all Rip goes in uh, in NXT. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a crapshoot nowadays. It seems like you, you never know what's going to happen um, with NXT 2.0. Um, I'm hopeful for them. I think that they've done enough, and it, it's not only Nigel McGuinness he shows in his style, but he also, in my opinion, shows quite a lot of William Regal. Um, in the way that mm. he reacts, which they also mentioned during commentary. Um, he is he's an evil, evil heel. Love it. Yeah. Very hateable. That's, that's one of the best traits to have in wrestling is the ability to get people to hate you. And he's when got I it. saw him in Cambridge um, for NXT UK for their first ever tapings, um, the entire audience of about 1,200 people took their shoes off and waved them in the air because that's mm. how much they hated Zach Gibson. And <laughs> to, to make me take the effort of undoing my Doc Martins, that's, that's a good level of hatred. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, that's nothing to be taken lightly. Um, but more Zach Gibson later in this show. Indeed. Uh, but the next match, we got a little Jack Gallagher. Is it Gallagher or Gallagher? Gallagher. Gallagher, because he was always it was pronounced Gallagher in WWE. Yeah. I'm wondering if like just one person mispronounced it and everybody just kept going with it. Who knows? Uh, versus Jesus, Pastor Bill Lever. Man, this Jesus fella. The the progress crowd loves him. They love oh. them some Jesus. They they do love them some Jesus. It gives them the opportunity for some great chance. Um, <laughs> and Pastor William Lever, it was he'd, he'd only been wrestling for about a year at this point in progress, I believe. Yeah, um, fresh out of the projo. Yeah, um, and he was good. He wasn't as technical as Jack Gallagher, but let's be honest, how many people are as technical as Jack Gallagher? I'm going to keep right. changing it the whole way through just to wind you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Gallagher, 
is a bit of a bastard, but my God, he's a proficient technical wrestler. Yes. He should, yeah, he's one of the most unique, like, I don't know what, what if it's just his physique, his look, his style, or how it all combines with each other. But yeah, there's nobody that, like, I can compare to Jack Gallagher. He's so, even his striking is really good, his headbutts, that drop kick he does in the corner. Well, he Man. does have a lot of MMA training. He does have um, snake pit training from Wigan. He really does know his um, actual fighting technique, which obviously transposes well into the wonderful mm-hmm. world of progress. I think he's gone back to MMA, if I'm correct. I believe so. Um, maybe they, maybe the MMA world doesn't know uh, what a what a wanker he is, but uh, indeed, he we'll um, he hasn't made any wrestling shows i believe there was talk of him doing one in uh, mexico but i don't think it came off you will he'll just put on a mask and then and then although i guess he has, that, <laughs> you know, he has that big ass tattoo on his chest now so i guess it's harder to be incognito about it but i mean as far as the match goes um pastor william eva was just coming off that win off noam dar uh, huge from, win yeah yeah very unexpected win um he he looked good. He looked like he was still learning, but I thought he came across well. What was your opinions? Yeah, I mean, he's got the character for sure. He's embracing that and the chance, which I mean, you can have all the wrestling skill in the world, but if the crowd doesn't care about you, it doesn't really matter. And the crowd crowd's really into Bill Lever here, William Ever. And um yeah, I thought the match was good. He busted out uh Ever did a like a run up uh what did he do? He went up to the top rope with uh gallagher's wrist and did like a arm drag like a like a lucha libre style like eddie guerrero style (laughs) not to compare it to his but um so he's in there he's trying to go pound for for pound with the uh the technical aspect with jack gallagher gallagher uh but as you mentioned you can't really uh that's a hard that's a hard feat he did hit a beautiful neck breaker into a fisherman suplex um Mm. combination that, that looked really good very saucy uh, Jack Gallagher is getting compared to Nigel Thornberry in this match by the crowd. I'm sure uh, that'll be a running theme, hopefully. Crowd said it was a smashing uh, match. Were, are you, were you a Wild Thornberry's fan back in the day? I, I watched it, um, mainly with my children, because I am, of course, significantly older than you are. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Well, you know, there's, there's no shame in enjoying the Thornberries. No. But... Uh, and Nigel gets the win here as uh, William Ever goes for the clothesline from heaven. But Jack counters it into a like a Lance Storm style of way, but into a, uh, a Boston crab, which I guess he calls the king crab. Jack Gallagher makes Ever tap out, gets the win here. And uh, yeah, because I think just Jack Jack was in the uh, the super strong style 16. But I think this is his first you know, proper match here in progress. So uh, we'll see what the future holds for him. It was indeed. Um, Pastor William Eva and Jack Gallagher shook hands at the beginning. They shook hands at the end. And the progress fans did not disappoint with their chance as they sung out Pastor William Eva. Did you pick up on this? Uh, remind me what they chanted. They sung Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by Monty Python, which, of course, is the final scene um, of The Life of Brian. Of course. Of course. You know, I don't think I've caught that, so I don't know if I understood the reference in the moment, but I appreciate it now that I know. It it was very good. I really appreciated that a lot. (laughs) Well, I appreciated Eddie Dennis, who's in this next match. So we got Eddie Dennis versus Zach Gibson. 
So now he's in a match, not just uh, throwing forks at people. So we got uh, Zach Gibson. He comes out with Nathan Cruz. So seemingly uh, showing that he's a part of this faction. No, no Ligero, but Nathan Cruz is out there with him. Zach gets in the ring, grabs a mic and uh, he's cutting a promo. He's like, because basically, I guess the origin, the, like their whole like premise is that they hate the silliness of progress. Uh, they're all guys that were there from the beginning. Even Zach, Zach Gibson, he was on the first show, I believe. And so was Nathan Cruz, first ever champion. Legero was on that first show. Um, so they're pretty much hearkening back to the roots of progress, which is hard to believe that even at chapter 21, it's already three, four years old at this point, the promotion. Um, they're sick of like this. They brought up the stormtrooper stuff in the beginning. They're like, fuck all that. Uh, we're here to wrestle. So, uh, yeah, so we got and then we got Eddie Dennis coming out, who's like the uh, the mascot for silliness of progress out there with his bright green and pink attire. Were you a fan of his uh, his little attire get up here? No, in a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. I guess it's not that different than what he does now. I, I can understand why he did it because he is um, a very slim guy. Um, so I can understand hmm. wanting to cover up possibly. But this is at the point where he was still pretty much a weekend warrior. He was still teaching full time at this point. Right. Um, yeah. So he, he was a busy bunny. And it was nice to see happy Eddie Dennis. <laughs> yeah, very different than the Eddie Dennis of today. Indeed. He's uh, yeah, busting out the old uh, Eddie Mysterio type offense with uh, some head scissors and... Uh, he even goes to the top at one point, but Nathan Cruz distracts him and uh, Zach takes advantage, tosses him shoulder first into the ring post, works on the arm for most of this match as his finishers. The Shankly Gates targets the arm, uh, but Eddie starts to fight back at some point, hits his spinning side slam, uh, but then Gibson fights back, hits the second rope lung blower. And, that uh, looked nasty. Ooh, that was, it, that was a far leap mm. for him. Um, and Eddie starts to fight back. It's a back and forth match. Eddie goes for a flipping tope to the outside and hits it. Uh, throws him back into the ring. Eddie hits a buckle bomb and then a sit down Liger bomb for a two count. That was a really good. I bit on that one. I thought that was going to be it. Um, but then Nathan Cruz, as they're you know kind of recovering in the ring, puts something in Zach's shirt that he has kind of folded up in the corner. And then uh, Eddie goes for the next stop driver. But then Cruz gets on the apron to distract him and the ref. Then Zach Gibson grabs the fork that was placed in his shirt, goes to hit Eddie in the face with it. But Eddie stops him and grabs the fork. And then before he can use it, Nathan Cruz gets in there and takes the fork away from him. And then as all this kerfuffle is happening, the ref's distracted, trying to get Nathan Cruz out of there. Zach Gibson hits Eddie Dennis with a low blow in a small package, which seems appropriate. Uh, for the win. So uh, Zach Gibson gets the win in a very naughty fashion. So, yeah, I guess, you know, with, with you know, J- Jimmy Havoc dropping the title and all that, maybe they're trying to establish some new heels on this roster at this point. Excellent use of the word kerfuffle there. <laughs> I, I try to throw one in every episode. Oh, I'm impressed. Um, yeah, this was um, a classic heel move. Kick mm-hmm. to the dick. Just not nice. It's an um, undefeated move, really. It's, it's, it's a hard one to come back from. It really is. It really is. Um, it, it seems that most of this progress show seems to be discussions around dicks at the moment. We're going to have to move on. <laughs> it's, it's not going to get any less, so buckle in. <laughs> strap in. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts on this match? 
Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. It showed, again, British hybrid wrestling. It showed elements of Japanese striking. It showed elements of Mexican high-flying and lucha libre. It mm-hmm. showed proper British um, tactical exchanges. It was just a really good match that could be shown right now on any show across the world and be thoroughly enjoyed. Absolutely. Yep. And both these guys are uh, up there in the Fed, as the kids call it, doing big things. And uh, yeah, good to see some of their early, early days here. Just as good. Uh, But in the ring after that match, Jim Smallman's kind of seems like he's preparing for intermission, talking to the crowd. And then we hear the music of regression, Jimmy Havoc's music. So Jimmy Havoc, Paul Robinson, Isaac Searcher, they come to the ring. Uh, the crowd chants, where's your title at Jimmy Havoc? Because he lost the title at the last chapter to Will Ospreay. And uh, so <laughs> Havoc and Robinson are in the ring. Zercher, big dumb Zercher, is just cornering Jim Smallman in the corner of the crowd. Like, he just kind of like making sure he doesn't go anywhere. Havoc has the mic and he says, uh, he's like, OK, I know you guys don't do rematches, but give me a number one contenders match. And Smallman's like, OK, you know what? We kind of figured you would do something like this. So you know what? Go ahead. Have at it. You have your number one, your number one contenders match. We've even put some weapons under the ring for you. Some toys under the ring. Says he, it's going to be a no disqualification match. And his opponent is Paul Robinson. So we got Jimmy Havoc versus Paul Robinson. Some regression on regression of violence. And uh, so Jimmy's like, yep, yeah. he just points at Paul. He's like, come on, Paul, just lay down. I'll pin you and we'll get on with it. But uh, Smallman's like, hey, if you guys try to rig this match, you're both fired. So they have to destroy each other. And uh, Zercher's kind of just the big dumb gorilla in the middle of them. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know who to support. Both guys try to urge them to support them. And then Zercher just ends up flipping them both off and walks out. So, um, but then yeah, the bell rings and then Paul Robinson just a quick roll up to try to get Penham right away, which I, it was like, okay, there's going to be a match now. I, I genuinely bit then um, for that quick roll up. I thought, my God, are they going to do it in a sort of like two second roll up? I thought it was possible. Right. <laughs> yeah. But this, this match, uh, there was a story that I thought was going to be told in this match. And it was not at all because I was expecting like havoc to beat on Paul Robinson and Paul, like maybe fights back almost wins. Like I thought Paul Robinson was going to be more of the baby face here, but in reality I thought it was more Jimmy havoc. That was the baby face in this match. I mean, it shows some example of how good Paul Robinson is that he could turn Jimmy havoc baby face in progress. <laughs> yeah. For, for, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, perfectly, perfectly said he is, um, a phenomenal wrestler who has um, had some allegations made against him and they have all been overturned by equity and by um, various other people as well. Um, mm. Paul Robinson is back wrestling in the UK and um, I'm going to say that I wish him well in it. Yeah, talented dude for sure. Yeah, like you said, I mean, Havoc was the heel among heel i mean here there was nobody with more heat than jimmy havoc in that company and right the next show paul robinson's just somehow more hateable that dobby looking motherfucker he's just because he, paul was like getting some offense in the beginning and the crowd was like starting to get behind him and then paul he like gets on the second rope he's like about to like cheer on like try to urge the crowd on but he ends up just flipping him off and spitting into the crowd which is just and at that point everyone was with you know havoc at that point but 
This match was brutal. Like I said, street fight, kind of, or no, no disqualification, whatever you want to call it. Lots of weapons, lots of violence, lots of blood. Uh, any moments in particular stick out to you? Um, the light tubes being taped onto the um, post mm-hmm. um, is a case of, right, who's going to get them and how's it going to be Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, those light tubes, man. I mean, I know it's a very common thing, but whenever I see it, it's just... Um, but yeah, I mean, the light tubes, we got tables being brought into this. Havoc hits a, like a rhino style pile driver onto Robinson through the, or off the apron through the table. And that was early in the match as well. Oh, that's, that's, that's the, uh, the collar and elbow tie up of this match was a pile driver through a table off the apron. For sure. Beautiful example of a a different way of starting a wrestling match. Um, There was a a big slam from a top rope onto a pair of chairs with um, thumbtacks on, which looked nasty. (sighs) And then something different that I'd not seen before was putting the thumbtacks on a downed opponent and then jumping on them. Uh, I feel like, is that not counterproductive? Like, wouldn't you not want to land on thumbtacks? Maybe, I don't know. did seem a bit silly. I also feel very bad saying thumbtacks because I'm British, so I should be saying drawing pins. Mm, No, 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 let it in. I've been watching wrestling since 1996, and and they are, (laughs) well, thumbtack wrestling since 1996, and they are thumbtacks. Right. Um, But yeah, man, what else? Frying pans. I mean, there's one point where uh, I think it's Paul Robinson has the frying pan. He goes to hit Havoc with it, but Havoc reverses. He tries to hit his acid rainmaker, but then Robinson uh, blocks it with the frying pan and then hits Jimmy Havoc with it. I think that's what initially busted open Havoc. Um... But then we have staplers, of course. You can't have a, a wrestling match without a stapler. And we've right? got to, of course, continue our dick discussion, which is where have it get stapled? <laughs> well, we first, you know, it's I love the uh, back and forth, you know, because you've seen, you know, chop battles, you know, where one guy will chop the guy and the other guy will chop the guy. Well, in this case, uh, Havoc was chopping Paul Robinson and the Robinson would come back with a staple to the chest, uh, a few to the chest, one to the forehead. And then uh, the last one was a, uh, a Shattered Dreams kind of move, you know, where Goldust would put the guy's legs in each rope and then kick him in the penis. But uh, in this case, uh, Paul Robinson decided to staple the balls to the gooch of Havoc. So, Carl, I've got to ask you, what would you rather, a chop or a staple? A ch- like a chop to the dick or the, uh, to the chest? No, to the chest, to the chest. Oh, okay. Versus a staple to the chest. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like a staple, it'd be like a pinch. But I guess it depends who's chopping you. If it's like Walter, yeah, staple. Staple a whole pack of staples in my chest. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'll go for a nail gun compared to Walter, let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gunter. Gunter, yes, with a Kaiser roll. Uh, so we got... <laughs> But uh, man, so light, more light tubes, like you said, it got taped to the uh, ring post and uh, both guys are trying to ram each other into this light tube ring post combination. Uh, Havoc goes for the acid rainmaker, but Robinson ducks and Havoc clotheslines the light tubes. And I don't think it broke quite enough for him. So Paul Robinson just it rams Havoc headfirst into these light tubes and uh, man. Just uh, what a spectacle. The explosion, and the shards just everywhere. Uh, 
there, there's been a few British companies recently that have done light tube matches, um, which obviously mm. you see a lot of with GCW and um, like. But if you keep them to a minimum, I think there were only about 10 used in this match in total. I think it actually right. makes them seem more dangerous than when you've got 300 of the damn things. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, when you first said 10, I was like, that feels like a lot of light tubes. But yeah, there are like guys that'll just have like a ring full of light tubes. And it just seems like, yeah, like you said, you, you, it, no one really reacts to any of the spots because that's all it is. But in this case, I think it was used uh, perfectly. And uh, Havoc, I mean, the master of the light tubes, he's using all these. He, he takes it and headbutts the light tubes into Paul Robinson's head, which seems I don't know how the logic really works there. But he's the expert. So who am I to question him? Uh, and it's at this point, I mean, because Paul, he kind of fights back. He takes the sh- some of the shards of the light tubes and starts like jamming it into Havoc's face and arm. And it's at this point where the crowd's starting to cheer for Jimmy Havoc. And um, yeah, it's just crazy how it's all unfolded. Because Paul Robinson really, I mean, ultimately, it's almost, I don't want to call it a squash match, but it feels like Paul Robinson had a strong majority of the offense in this match. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Which was surprising because Havoc's coming off a two-year title reign, and Paul Robinson's just been his kind of lackey. So it's like all of a sudden Paul Robinson is uh, just kicking the shit out of him. But it is what it is, I guess. He is a scary. Oh, I'm gonna, gonna risk saying this and hope I never have to meet him. He is a scary little man. <laughs> he would not appreciate that. No, no, I, I'm sure he wouldn't. But even though I'm sort of a foot taller and double his weight, I would be terrified to meet that guy. Yeah. He really no, does not a, care. He's a, yeah, he is a scary man. He the face, the bald head, all of it. Um, but ultimately, and like you said, there's thumbtacks coming to play. People get suplexed onto it, sentons onto the tacks, uh, chair sh- a, a huge chair shot from Robinson to the head of Jimmy Havoc. Is how they do the whole deal where Havoc gets on his knees and flips him off, and then you know Paul Robinson smashes him in the head with it. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I need a few more light tubes in this match. So uh, Paul useful. Robinson sets up two chairs, makes a bridge of light tubes in between the chairs, and gives Havoc a curb stomp through the light tubes, and Paul Robinson pins Jimmy Havoc to get the win and becomes the number one contender for the Progress Championship. Who? No one was expecting that. <laughs> no, not especially in the way that it happened. I, I was shocked. There was a lot of blood. Um, <laughs> Robinson got a nasty cut on his shoulder. Um, I don't right. know if you spotted that one. There was a nasty one on his shoulder. The the head ones always bleed like fury, but on the top of his shoulder, that was nasty. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, he's just a tiny little man, so he didn't have that much blood to uh, lose. So he, he, he was um, going face to face and toe to toe with a few of the fans on his way out. <laughs> yeah, the fans were not a fan of old Robbo here. Did you see him rub his blood on one of the chairs as he walked past? Oh, I would. Look, I, I, I would rather not have Paul Robinson's blood on me personally. I would rather not have any wrestler's blood on me personally. Well, sweat is, it is. is enough. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good match. It was yeah. a proper hardcore match. It made the fans surprised. What more can you want from a wrestling match? Yeah, and it really makes you 
wonder where Havoc goes from here because as at Paul Robinson, he leaves, he jaw jacks at the crowd on his way out. And then uh, Havoc gets the old, like, I don't know if it was actually a standing ovation, but everybody's cheering for Havoc uh, as he's kind of gets up from in the ring. And then Havoc even gives him like a little wave. It's, it's almost like a sign of solidarity of sorts. So I'm curious where Jimmy Havoc goes from here because it's like a complete 180 from what he was doing before this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was a good way to end the first half. And let's be honest, you're going to have to have it at the end of the first half because there's a lot of shit to clean out that ring. <laughs> just the, uh, I would hate that job. Uh, just Paul Robinson, pieces of his body in the ring. Just absurdity. But there was no coat hangers, though, in this match, which I thought it could have used more of. Uh, there was a lack of coat hangers. Um, but on, on the upside, there was a lack of coat hangers. <laughs> When you put it that way, it's hard to disagree with you. Uh, but speaking of clothes, so we got Ginny. So we got it's a little promo here. Um, I guess there's like a Rivals documentary series on I Demand Progress or something along those lines. Uh, they showed this video package at the last chapter as well. Is uh, between Ginny and Pollyanna and uh, women. They had the first women's match at chapter 19. None on this show. So I guess they're still kind of pro- like transitioning into the era of like women's matches. But uh, do you have any recollection of this Ginny and Pollyanna feud? I don't remember much of the feud, but I have been loving Ginny's work ever since I sort of became more familiar with her through WWE UK. Um, mm-hmm. I've been very impressed with her. Um, the way that she wrestles, the way that she sells as well. She genuinely looks like she's in pain. Um, yeah. She... I, I could feel myself feel sorry for her and then think, no, I don't. It's Ginny. <laughs> I, I loved her line in this because it was like a dueling interviews kind of. And Ginny, because Pollyanna is like, oh, man, Ginny, she just has so much potential. She could be a great wrestler if she just puts her mind to it. And then Ginny's like, I saw the outfit she was wearing for the picture of our match. And it just made me hate her. <laughs> it's just so like it's like an exaggerated version of what she, her character is now which isn't too different although we're recording this on a thursday and my thought is that friday on smackdown she's going to join the maximum male models uh as max dupree's sister which i think is the angle that they're teasing so either i'm going to seem like a silly goose for saying that or uh It'd i think a lot of people are kind of anticipating she that, does. Though. um I know that she headed over there with um, Gunter because obviously they're a couple. Um, and mm. I think she would just be fantastic in that role. She deserves it. They could, they could use some of that star power that Jenny brings or uh, Maxine Dupree, if that ends up being her name. Uh, but the second half gets underway in a big way. We got Marty Skrull versus Chris Travis. The, uh, the uh, Very sadly, the final match of Chris Travis's career um, I don't know, man. How, how did you feel watching this match? I guess is the question. I feel happy that he had this match. I felt mm-hmm. good to see him come back. Obviously, he was he, physically much different to his time in Project Ego. Um, he had lost right. a lot of body mass. Um, but Jesus Christ, he'd had stomach cancer. Um, he'd yeah. lose a lot of body mass. He came back and everyone was pleased. Everyone was mm-hmm. so happy to see him. Um, all the fans, all the wrestlers. 
He's up against Marty Skrull, who at this point is a truly hated heel. And at the beginning, with, with the handshake and the hug, that you know that they are friends. You know that there is this there and that he is genuinely happy for him. So why don't you take us through how the match went? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, Chris Travis, he's always been kind of a thinner guy. But yeah, definitely uh, you can tell the uh, the toll that the cancer's taken on him. But again, like, <laughs> what, what did you expect? The fact that he's here wrestling is imp- more impressive than, you know, anything we could say. But uh, Marty Skrull versus Chris Travis. C- Chris, obviously super emotional. This is return to wrestling. And uh, I mean, I was curious to see, like, what kind of ring shape he would be in, how his offense would look. And I mean, the kicks he was throwing out there, there was one kick he knocked marty Skrull off the apron that looked beautiful it was great and even did a like a flipping tope over the top rope on the Skrull. so it's very clear that chris travis still had it at this point and then uh the match kind of progresses on marty fights out of a fire and fireman's carry with the the classic finger snap uh <laughs> marty Skrull hits his tornado ddt and then Travis pops right out of it. Like the momentum takes him onto his feet and then he hits a super kick and then they both collapse, which I love when you have that kind of no sell quote unquote moment. I like it when you kind of sell it after the fact where it's just like a quick rush of adrenaline. It was, it was beautifully done. The speed of the up to vertical kick and down again, it did look like one movement. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Travis looked really good in this match. He hits the uh, the orange crush, which is kind of like an X-plex type of move. Uh, Skrull hits a reverse suplex and then a flying European uppercut for a two count. Uh, Skrull goes for the chicken wing, but Travis tries to fight out of it. But Skrull transitions into a cattle mutilation. But then he transitions out of that right into the proper chicken wing. Uh, Travis fights out eventually somehow. But then a squirrel goes for a brain buster. But uh, Chris Travis counters it with a small package and gets the win. So uh, Chris Travis gets the quick win, gets the win here. So really cool moment. And there's some uh, post post match shenanigans. But uh, as far as the match itself, what do you think of it? As far as the match itself, I thought it was brilliant. It, it, it wasn't that quick a win either. It was a decent length match for someone that's coming off that kind of illness. Um, right. I know he'd had a couple of matches on the indies before the progress match, but um, that was still quite a long, hard-hitting match. Um, I think he did really, really well. Obviously, uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't up to his usual standards, um, but they mm. worked around his abilities. I think that's a better way of wording it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the match was uh, Skrull in control, but Skrull, he didn't hold back necessarily. I mean, he was still throwing out all the super kicks, all the all the you know suplexes and all that that Skrull typically does. Um, but yeah, all things considered, Travis looked amazing yeah. in this match. And uh, <laughs> to uh, further this, as if this wasn't enough, I guess uh, I don't know if they had what kind of angle they had planned uh, going forward here. Obviously, didn't weren't able to follow up on it. But uh, so Skrull and Chris Travis hug after the match. Marty raises the hand of Chris Travis and then super kicks him right in the stomach. (laughs) I was watching. I was because I I was watching him hug in the middle of the ring. I saw Marty hold his hand up. I was like, please don't do it. Don't 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 do the attack. after It was like when. uh, when Dean Ambrose did it the night Roman Reigns announced his leukemia and he turned heel on Seth Rollins. It was kind of, it was a similar feeling. It was like, come on, man. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but go ahead. at least when they did it, 
they did it properly. This wasn't just a little beatdown, this was a major beatdown that required a lot of people to tear him off. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, Skrull... Because like, I guess they, uh, Chris Travis is obviously the lead here, but there's an, another story going on where Skrull, he's, got, he's had a bunch of losses in a row, and he always comes really close, like in the super strong style 16, he made it to the uh, the semifinals and then lost. And then he lost to Pastor William Ever at the last show. Or no, I'm sorry. He lost to, um, who did Marty? He, he lost to, oh, he lost the Thunder Bastard match in the, he was the last one eliminated. And, um, and now he loses to Chris Travis here. So apparently he's fed up. He's sick of losing. So he locks in the chicken wing onto Chris Travis after the match. The refs come in, break it up. He takes his umbrella. He leaves. And then as he's walking up the aisle, he turns around, looks at the ring and then sprints and then locks in the chicken wing again. It's like, oh, my God, man. And then it's at this point where all the wrestlers come out and all the fans are chanting for his tag partner. Hmm. Fuck it. Yeah, I guess the plan was for the Project Ego for Project Ego to reunite at the Endeavor show. I guess it was a week later to face off against the geezers, but it never happened. I know uh, very shortly after this, unfortunately, his cancer would come back. Um, and he passed six months later. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how quick that happens, man. Yeah. But um, love Chris Travis. I mean, what, do you have any like particular favorite matches, moments of Chris Travis? I don't know how much have you, have you seen of him in his career. I, I've seen a few matches, mainly the Project Ego ones. Um, and right. he and Martin Kirby were just the best combination of technical and entertaining they they were what wwe wants as a sports entertainer they got the crowd involved they made people care about the way they were wrestling they made people laugh as well mm -hmm. as make themselves be hated at times they were just an amazing team and they worked so so well and that is probably going to be my favorite memories um, of chris travis yeah, no, Project Ego was great. I had never heard of them until I started rewatching all these progress shows. And because um, initially I, I had no idea what happened to Chris Travis. I was like, oh, man, these guys are destined for the future. They're going to be huge stars. Uh, I know Martin Kirby, though, he's still he's still working out there. So um, hope the best for him. And um, I did have one issue with this, this this last segment in this part of the in this match. Everyone comes out to uh, rip Marty Skrull off of Chris Travis, but everyone's just fucking staring at him and nobody's trying to pull him off of him. It's like, what are you guys doing? With the exception of RJ Singh, who was on commentary yes. and came down. Guy, what do you got? You got to have RJ who's <laughs> out there in his slacks and his button up. You got big ass, you know, who is Isaac Zercher? I don't know who else is out there, but good old RJ. Singh is king. He is. He is. That's what they say. Um, but, uh, we move on from that to a, uh, a bit of a banger here. So we got the Sumerian death squad open challenge. So of course the, uh, progress tag team champions, the Sumerian death squad, the team of Tommy end and Michael Dante, uh, Malachi black for anybody who is not aware is Tommy end. And, uh, so they got their shields back. I don't know if you remember this, but, uh, they got it confiscated at TSA a few uh, months back, but they were able to, uh, re retain them. Thank God. Because <laughs> how else would you know they're champions without holding up two halves of shields? Really? I still can't get past the ridiculousness of it. Did they ever like sell replicas of those? 
I don't believe they did. I, I think they did pin badges. <laughs> they could have oh. half a pin badge. It was That's kind something. of like when you were a fourteen-year-old and you got your girlfriend the half heart necklace, and that, ah, now you can yes. have your wrestling mate with your half tag team. <laughs> Man, that's a million dollar idea. So if it's not a thing, it's going to be a thing. Uh, but so we they got an open challenge out here defending their titles. And who comes out? None other than Roderick Strong comes out. Who he uh, Roddy was actually a part of the super strong style 16 and he beat Tommy end in that tournament. And Roddy comes out. And he's like, look, I could beat you guys both by myself. But what fun is that? So uh, who does he recruit? Well, none other than uh, the old, uh, what is it, the UE, UE right here. Uh, Adam Cole, baby. baby. Woo! So we got Roddy and Adam Cole, half undisputed era, facing off against Michael Dante and Tommy End. This is, uh, I'm going to be honest, this is a hard match to take notes on because there was just so <laughs> much happening the whole entire time. What do you think yeah, about it's, it? Yeah, it's the, the notes that I've got, you, you won't be able to see them on the paper, but basically... It ends up just being a little scrawl going down into a corner as I'm writing so fast. <laughs> kick, kick! Oh God, kick! <laughs> um, shit boots, no fans. <laughs> well, that, that really just tells the story of the match. Next match. No. <laughs> um, there was a lot of striking going on in this match. Um, there were four world-class athletes. I don't think Michael Dante gets the credit that he deserves because. It's not just a case of him keeping up. It was a case of him being an integral part of this match. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the double team cohesion was a big part of this match for both teams, really. And I mean, both teams definitely carry their weight in that, that aspect. Um, even like the, the death squad, they have Cole up on both their shoulders and they just toss them like 20 feet in the air. Ridiculous. Legit. The height that they got from that throw was like, they were throwing Rey Mysterio around. It was, <laughs> it was, it was big. And Cole's, you know, a little bit heavier than he is now at this point. So it was even more impressive. Um, but yeah, lots of strikes. Like you said, the match even starts out with like a, a super kick and a flying knee from Cole and strong respectively. They brawl on the outside in the beginning, uh, but back in the ring uh, at to- Tommy ends getting beat down. He hits his uh, black mass, which is not called the black mass. I don't think at this point, it's not even like a finisher. It's just uh, an impressive move in his arsenal. Back heel kick that looks awesome. Yeah, and then uh, Dante gets the hot tag, just destroys everybody. It's a ripcord spear on, I think it's strong. Um, Dante and End go for the Magic 12, I believe it's called, where it's like a spear kick in the corner, but uh, whoever they're trying to hit it on gets out of the way. So I think End like knees Michael Dante or something along those lines. But... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, towards I mean, there's a lot of great false finishes in this match. You have uh, so Cole hits a pump kick onto uh, was it Tommy End. Uh, Roddy hits the gut check. Cole hits the last shot. Like all these just chaining of moves back and back. And they, you, I, th- I thought it was it every time they did this. Uh, but Michael Dante breaks it up. And then you have another spot where Roddy hits a wrecking ball drop kick on Michael Dante on the outside. And Tommy N hits Roddy with a flying knee and then end and Tommy end and Adam Cole in the ring. Adam Cole goes to like drop kick him in the knee, but Tommy N hops up and double stomp to the chest. And that then beautiful. just great stuff. Great stuff. It's, I think it's hard to translate into words, but the match was just uh, a house of fire the entire time. 
but ultimately, the finish comes when uh, Adam Cole, he accidentally super kicks Roddy. But then uh, the the Sumerian Death Squad hit the Black Mass double team move, which is the what the uh, House of Black does. They, they'll suplex into a power slam move. Then they follow it up with the anti-hero, which is the fatality that the uh, the Dark Order used to do with Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson, where it's like a flipping cutter off the top rope, double team move. And uh, that gives the Death Squad the win. So they retain their titles off of two of the best in the world at this point. And mm. a uh, great match. Great match. Fantastic match. Probably my match of the night. It, it was a tough one between this and the main event, but um, mm. I love my tag team wrestling. Oh, man. When tag team wrestling's good, I don't think there's anything better in wrestling, personally. And uh, especially with these two teams, who they, like I said, the double team aspect of it, I think, added to it a lot. You know, it didn't feel like just a series of singles matches. They felt like two teams fighting each other. And yeah. It was also very good. Even though they wrestled outside of the ring a lot, it didn't feel like it was a hardcore match. It didn't feel like it was a full scout anywhere match. It felt like it was a wrestling mm-hmm. match where they just went out a lot. Yeah, because you got both like both ends of the spectrum represented on this show. You got like Jack Gallagher versus Ever, which is a very technical like in the ring match, and then you got Paul Robinson versus Jimmy Havoc, which is just a uh, a brutal, brutal street fight. And then you got something like this, which kind of falls somewhere in the middle. I think kind of made itself stand out from other matches on the card. But uh, and then yeah, now you mentioned that you found it hard to take notes on the tag team match. Hmm. How's your notes on the <laughs> main event? Um, man, this is uh, <laughs> not very, they're very, uh, very few notes. I'll put it that way, just because I spent most of the time just in all of this. So we got uh, the progress championship on the line in the main event. We got the new champion, Will Ospreay, defending against the Thunder Bastard, Mark Haskins. This match is snug. I'll say that. This was a, uh, because you got Haskins, who is ha, now has this style of uh, it's almost an MMA style. It's very fight based. It's it's less flash than he used to be. It's, it's just no bullshit. Mark Haskins. And then you got Will Ospreay, who has uh, quite a lot of bullshit in his offense, a lot of flips and flip do's. And it's kind of the, the the clash of those I thought was great. I, th- I think like the general theme of this match was like Will Ospreay would try to do all these complex moves and flips and then Haskins would just kick him right in the fucking face. So, yep. But <laughs> any particular spots or any elements of this match stick out to you? Um, the double underhook driver on the knee um, that Haskins did at the very Oof. beginning um, looked nasty. Um, yeah. It was obviously he was trying to stop um, Osprey's flying offense here. Um, also, when he did the clothesline that flipped um, Osprey round. Um, so, you know, clothesline yeah. from hell. Osprey flips and he catches him while he's upside down and puts him in a roll-up. I just thought that was brilliant. I, I didn't understand how that happened, but it did <laughs> somehow. I mean, uh, yeah, like this, this match is just so smooth. Uh, Osprey, it's, it's smooth, but it's also like not because there's one point where uh, Osprey goes for the os cutter and he hits it, but it's almost like a spinning os cutter, so it really made it like an awkward landing on Haskins' neck. It, looked, it made it look all the more brutal, though. So I was a big fan of that. Osprey's standing sliced bread was, again, another move where it was just like, how did he just do that? Right. <laughs> and there was a, uh, the spot that probably made me, like, yelp the most in this match, because I'll do that when I'm watching wrestling. But, oh, 
like when when crazy things happen. Uh, so Osprey goes for a shooting star press. Haskins puts both his feet up and then <laughs> Osprey lands face first onto Haskins outstretched boots. Just look nasty and then transitions right into a triangle choke. Yeah. So like, it's that, that's like a running theme. Yeah. Um, the double pump kick they did to each other, um, a double Yakuza kick, as was described during the match, where they mm. ran into each other. That, again, looked nasty because they were both going at speed and they were both kicking hard in the face. It was it was a good move. Yeah. No, it just, yeah, like it, there was several points in this match where I thought it might have been over. Uh, Haskins hits a Death Valley driver for a two count. Uh, Haskins, he goes for a reverse Rana off the top rope, does it, but Osprey lands on his feet and then hits the Essex Destroyer onto Haskins. After a reverse Rana of his own. Yes, yes, correct. So he lands on his feet after getting reverse Rana off the top rope, hits a reverse Rana of his own, hits the Essex Destroyer, a flipping DDT, and then a second rope springboard Phoenix Splash. All of that but only gets a two count somehow. Uh, Haskins hits his made in Japan, which is a move that I don't know if anybody's kicked out of at this point. And uh, Osprey kicks out at two. And uh, but ultimately jump, tuck, pray. Will Osprey <laughs> wins with the 630 uh, clean as hell. And uh, yeah, Osprey gets the win, retains his title. Uh, yeah, just awesome match. I, I knew this match is going to be awesome when I saw it on paper and it did not disappoint. Mark Haskins still looks as fresh seven years later. Osprey yeah. is the best wrestler in the world seven years later. Um, when is Haskins going to go back to Ring of Honor? Yeah, it's, Haskins, is, he's the OTT champion right now, isn't he? He is. Yeah, so it's good to see he's still doing stuff out there. But yeah, I hope to see him back in Ring of Honor or a bigger he's stage for sure. He's been wrestling for ICW. You can catch some of his matches on the network. Um, mm and he's been having some good matches there. I saw him at an indie show in January against um, Martin Kirby, who we were talking about earlier. Right. And that was just a phenomenal match. Yeah. No, Haskins quickly becoming one of my favorites because he's a guy that, another one of those guys, right, heard his name before I started watching these progress shows, but I didn't really know anything about him. But he's quickly become one of my favorites, and it really makes me want to seek out stuff he's doing today, which is how good he was here. I know he's had some injuries in between then and now, but... He's still going at it. So and he's still going at it at that level. Yeah. And I mean, Will Ospreay. I mean, not not much needs to be said. I mean, I'm watching the G1 now. And it's just crazy to see where he is now versus where he is here. It's, the discrepancy isn't it's 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 starting to get smaller because I was watching like chapter whatever, four or whatever, looking at Will Ospreay as just a, a twinkish figure and just with the short tights. And the I mean, it was just a crazy difference. Now you can see kind of the progression. Uh, as he goes through the years, this is what, seven years ago. So, um, but yeah, great stuff there. And uh, that brings chapter 21 to a close. Uh, don't uh, what's this? What was the title of this chapter again? Uh, the title of this chapter is we don't like to use the sit down gun. Is I'm, I'm assuming that's a British reference of some sort. I haven't got a bloody clue. <laughs> Yeah, that's disappointing. All these titles are like just weird, and I'm like, ah, I'm sure some people across the pond are laughing at it. I was assuming it was a Simpsons thing, then I was thinking maybe it's a Star Wars thing, and that's why we had the um, 
uh, stormtroopers at the beginning. Um, ah, yeah. well. Google is my friend. I'm sure I'll find out. Yeah, well, if anybody finds out, uh, send all your mail to TN Tights and they'll get on that. Uh, but speaking of which, first of all, once again, uh, Big Daddy Dan uh, for joining me, uh, t- taking some time to watch progress and come on and talk about it. Where can everybody find you and Andy and all, all the folks and, uh, and TN Tights podcast? Uh, they can find us on Spotify and they can find us on YouTube under the bodyslam.net banner. Um, we record weekly and tell you all about what's happening in British wrestling. We give you the latest news, the reviews, and we give you a lineup of what's going to be happening that week. Uh, we also are lucky enough to be friends with Progress and we do pre-shows for them and we get to go along to a lot of their shows and do reviews as well. And he is, in fact, at TNT, um, which is a wrestling company up in the north of England. It's owned, part-owned by the same people as Progress. And he's mm. there tonight watching a show, um, which I believe Mark Haskins is wrestling in. It's Mark Haskins versus Robbie X versus Scotty Rourke, um, which he will probably mm. be watching as we're talking. Well, lucky him. Yeah, I mean, uh, that sounds about as hot as the UK's been the past couple days, huh? Oh, God. The UK, the last few days, have been... The 98% of the rest of the world's been cooler than we have been. We've hit 40 degrees, which in England is the equivalent of about That sounds pretty cold. <laughs> we ain't designed to cope with this stuff. We don't have any aircon in any buildings. We don't have um, infrastructure oh. that can cope. Our roads were melting. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, you know... In America, that's just uh, every Sunday. Uh, it's not. It's not. We're, it's very hot here, too. I'm sweating. You can see it. <laughs> I'm currently <laughs> sat out in my conservatory with the doors open, thoroughly enjoying a little bit of breeze. That sounds like a room you would find in Clue. Are you about to get murdered? Conservatory? It, it's quite possible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife is wondering what I'm doing at the moment, so she could be behind me with the candlestick at any moment. Well, she's going to find out you were talking about jerking off cricket bats, and she's going to be highly disappointed in you. I suddenly feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, thank you to Dan from the TN Tights podcast for joining me for for embracing the heat of the UK this summer to uh, join me in uh, discussing a little old school progress wrestling. Really, uh, really pivotal show in the history of progress, I think. I mean, I don't really know where they go after this. I'm just talking out of my ass, but uh, seems like it from the people I've talked to. So. Uh, do that. Go check out the TN Tights podcast. They cover current progress and other indie, indie promotions uh, in the UK and Europe and uh, NXT UK. Other wrestling stuff, you know, the big, big stories in the wrestling world. Go check them out. Really entertaining podcast. All their info in the description below. And so is mine. Hey, go check out the TikTok. Why don't you? I've been I've been TikToking a lot lately. It's becoming a little... I kind of enjoy it. It lets me uh, be, a, be a silly goose because uh, <laughs> you don't get enough of it on this podcast. Um, but also doing kind of different series on there, doing like wrestling themed stuff, uh, clips from the podcast, clips from videos, like 100 things to improve WWE, um, other, you know, uh, new, unique content on there. So go check out me on TikTok at Apron Bump and uh, Twitter at Apron Bump too, um, t- like at Apron Bump comma as well uh probably where i'm most active nowadays uh apronbump.com for all my full episodes buy a shirt rate the podcast review the podcast 
give it a like. Give this video a like if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, get your ass up. Go to your Dell computer. Fire up the UG YouTube and uh, hit, hit like, hit subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, tell me what you don't know. What your favorite type of uh, type of quiche is? Yeah, give me a nice quiche recipe. Put that in the comments. I don't give a shit. Copy and paste the second act of Romeo and Juliet and post it down there. I don't know. YouTube likes that kind of shit for some reason. Uh, why am I so angry? It's hot. It's hot. Hot boy summer out here. Um, but yeah, it's about all Daddy has for you today. Uh, yeah. The Progress Chapter Twenty One. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> so yeah, that was that was Progress Chapter Twenty One. Looks like Progress can drink now. I realized that joke kind of failed because in I think in England, can't you drink at like eighteen or something? In America, you can't drink till you're 21. So, but it's an you know it's a, it's a European wrestling promotion I'm covering, so that probably doesn't really tie in there. Um, yeah. I'm hard. Yeah.